Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Mm. I'm actually still brewing my second cup. But that was a little straight hit of espresso there. Mm, very nice. I've got a little bit of wind invasion this morning. Not sure why. Feeling kind of sniffly. It was the last couple days, too. I don't know if it's um change in weather. You know, we got our first snow on Thursday and then quite a bit of snow yesterday, although it was melted by noon. Could be last gasp of allergies, too. <coughs> Could be, like, fighting off a little bit of a virus. So I feel okay. Um, that's why I like the the Chinese medicine term of wind invasion that covers a whole host of things that it could be. But basically, it's like when you're feeling kind of, you know, feeling like there's wind in you, right? You know, your nose runs and your cough a little bit and all of that. So today is Tuesday, October 29th, two days before Halloween. Love this time of year. You all know that. I know I keep saying it. Oh, except now I want to sneeze. Yeah. Yesterday was a fun day. Um, if you listened to the podcast yesterday, you know that I went out and had breakfast with Sage Walker and Jim Sorensen. That was a rare Monday breakfast um, because we couldn't get our schedules to sync very well. And... I think this is all part of Jim's master plan to move us into um, <laughs> doing weekday things. Because now that his son is in school, he's in kindergarten, Jim is pretty free on weekday mornings. His wife is a totally kick-ass trauma surgeon. And so... Uh, Jim handles a whole lot of the um, running about of their son. And he drops now, now that the son is five, young James is five, He Jim will drop him off at kindergarten and then write. But I think he, I don't know, he, he definitely likes to have some writerly company, as we all do. So, and weekends, they do a lot of running around, and Ming Lee is more around on the weekends. So, I think he, he would like to move us to meeting on weekdays. <laughs> so, he did thank us for accommodating his schedule, which worked out just fine because he bought breakfast. He had his new um, Transformers coffee table book with him. It's really beautiful. I'll put a link on Amazon. There's like a $50 version and a $100 version, and he brought the $100 version, and it um, has all of this Transformers art in it, and has the, what did he call it, like the lenticular image on the front, so I think that's what he called it. Um, I would have called it a hologram, <laughs> probably because I'm a child of the 80s, but it depending on which way you turn it, it looks like either the leader of the good guys or the leader of the bad guys. That's what Jim told me. That was the translation for me who does not know much at all about Transformers. Although I did pick out the image of 
Quintessa as being super cool. And he said, oh, yeah, that she was a villain from like the third movie or something. And I said, ah, well, I'm always attracted to a, a female evil villain. But she was really beautifully rendered. The whole book is gorgeous. It's set inside this box with a little bit, uh, sort of a magnetic clasp. And the nice paper quality, glossy images. Really gorgeous. And that's not even my thing. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> pretty shiny. So he bought us lunch. And that was, or lunch, breakfast. That was lovely. And we sat there for a while and talked, as we always do. And then I... Talked to Grace Draven on the way home because she'd asked if I had time to chat. So we chatted on the way home and then chatted for, I don't know, easily another half an hour after I got home. Um, we hadn't talked in quite a while, so that was nice to catch up with her. Upshot, however, is I did not end up getting many words yesterday after I'd been bragging about doing better. But I was also feeling this kind of wind invasion stuff and not able to focus well. But the good news is my first hour this morning, I already got 900 words. So much better start to my day. Unfortunately, I have to spend a few hours today on the phone um, interviewing new editors for the Persephone's Bulletin. We're going to get that back on track. So that needs to happen. Um, I also talked to Agent Sarah on the phone yesterday and got some excellent news. I haven't been giving you guys the blow-by-blow blow on the submission process because so far it's mostly been the passes. Different editors passing for various reasons. And it's always kind of an interesting process because there are the reasons that they give and the reasons that you know. Like, um, or I don't know, can reasonably deduce like one editor for a publishing house that is notorious for making decisions entirely on data said that she um, really liked the story and thought it was a great concept and a commercial concept, but that she ultimately didn't respond to the writing. And it's like, yeah, you just thought that my current sales figures aren't good enough. We know how you guys think. So, I mean, it's, it's just kind of funny. And it's, it's part of the business. That's just how it goes. I had a pass from another editor from a very new press that um, she had said that it was um, a great story and a solid read, but unfortunately not quite um, as literary as what they're looking for. And, and it's kind of funny to read their... Um, about us on their uh, publishing houses page. Um, they're definitely, <laughs> they're, it's so funny, you know, they're, they, they really want something that's very literary. Which, as you guys know, I'm just, boy, I just don't have much interest in stuff that comes across as literary. And I know that I could write it if I wanted to. I suppose that's easy for me to say. That's kind of like people who write literary saying, oh, that they could knock out a romance novel if they wanted to. So, but I did come from 
the world of more literary writing when I was writing creative nonfiction and I wrote some more literary type works then. Um, and I think I could pull off the voice. It's a very particular voice and style. But to me, it's just, um, I don't know. It's There are ways that I like catering to language instead of to story. She says sniffling. <laughs> um, but, which I think literary, more literary works do too. And I think, I don't know, I think literary works tend to strive to show a condition of life rather than a transformation. I suppose you could argue, I mean, you could probably argue me out of most of this, but, you know, with the, you know, I'm thinking back to, you know, like my first understanding of Epiphany in Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man, which is arguably a literary work. But in some ways, you know, his, his epiphany doesn't really count as a transformation. And I'm, I'm very much interested in, <coughs> well, excuse me, in people turning out, you know, improving and doing noble things. And I think that, uh, you know, that's just like not always part of the literary view of the world. You know what I mean? So, I'm kind of pacing around this morning. I hope you guys don't mind. I could sit, but I'm not feeling like it, I guess. Could try to sit. So, you know, a lot of these are things like, you know, you send out to, that's part of why they say going wide, that you go wide on submission, because you try a lot of different places, even though you secretly hope that there will be, you know, like there's one or two people that you're really secretly hoping will take it. So, I got tentative good news yesterday from Agent Sarah that I also found distracting. Uh, that one of the editors at a house, both of whom we I would really love to work with, um, told Sarah that she really fucking loves the story. That's a direct quote. So, woo, pump the fists in the air, really fucking loves it. And her only concern is that she's worried it might be a little too much like something that they published quite a few years back. And so she's having some second reads to see if anybody else thinks so. Um, but I think, at least from what Sarah said, came from the conversation, you know, Sarah said, would I be willing to push it in a slightly different direction if that is the concern? And I said, sure, that's, you know, the direction that we'd push it would not in any way be a problem for me so far as the story's concerned or what I saw for it. So hopefully that's something that we could then address. So I'm just really excited. It's it's really nice to hear the really fucking loved it. Please excuse the F-bomb, but you knew what you were in for, right? Uh, <laughs> I never marked that explicit box, right? <laughs> 
So anyway, uh, someone else that we really want and love is reading this week. So we'll find out what happens. I'm excited about it. One of the more bizarre passes was um, this very long, it's the longest response yet, very long and thoughtful email from one editor who um, said that she thought it was a great story. I mean, she said all these really wonderful things about it. And then she dissected why she couldn't buy it, which is nice of her. I mean, nice of her to go into this long, thoughtful response. But it was really funny because she spent a lot of time dwelling on this one element. And without telling you my own details, I've thought of an analogy. It's not a perfect analogy, but I think it'll work. It'll be as if I told you that the story was in part about marshmallows. If I said it's like marshmallows meets chocolate. And she spent a whole lot of time talking about marshes. <laughs> and, and I think this analogy works best if you realize that the word marshmallow really did originally have to do with marshes, that the mallow was a plant that grew in the marsh. Um, so not just the sticky sweet confection. So there is a connection to marsh. But she spent a whole lot of time talking about how she thought readers didn't really like marshes all that much, that marshes sounded cool and, and like a nice haunted setting, but that in truth, marshes actually kind of smell bad and nobody really wants to spend a lot of time in marshes. And so um, she thought ultimately the concept wouldn't work because you just couldn't build a book around a book that takes place in a marsh. <laughs> and it was a little confounding because um, the book actually does not take a place in a marsh. It has no more to do with a marsh than a marshmallow does. So that's just kind of a good illustration. That's the sort of thing that that happens. Um, and it's fine. You know, it could be that she didn't actually read the pages or that she did read the pages, but, um, you know, wanted to come up for with a reason that it wouldn't work. Um, who knows? Who knows? But there's a little window into the whole, um, into the whole submission process. Sorry, I got briefly distracted because I looked at email to see if I really have this call at 9. I asked if we could push it back to 10, and nobody has replied, so I think it's probably going to be at 9. And now I see I have a message from Ingram Spark. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, they barfed on one of the covers. Good news is, is that I uploaded print versions of The Snows of Windroven and Negotiation. Those are now combined and available in a print version. You can get it either on Amazon or through my website. We also combined Heart's Blood and the Crown of the Queen into one print version. I didn't do ebooks of these since you can buy the ebooks separately, but some people had asked to have, they wanted to have everything in print, the whole collection of all the 12 Kingdoms and Uncharted Realms stories in print. So, Yeah, so so now they're available. Um, it, it seems so, some of those are so short that I didn't, it, you know, it just gets um, 
logistically ridiculous. It's so expensive to have the print book for a few number of pages. So we combine them. And Snows of Windroven negotiation is ready. The Heart's Blood bar cover barfed, but I think it should be ready on Amazon soon. And now clearly I have to fix it on Ingram. So I suppose I should go because it looks like nobody replied to my request to move this meeting back an hour. Oh, no, wait. I just saw this and totally okay with it. So I don't have to go quite yet. Good. Um, but anyway, I was winding up. I'm going to try to conserve minutes because I am thinking about doing this daily podcast for NaNoWriMo. No, that would make my mother happy. She's always looking for the daily podcast. She says otherwise she has nothing to listen to as she eats breakfast. And we can't have that. Otherwise, I don't think I have much else to report. Oh, I know the thing I was going to say before with Jim and Sage and Jim's master plan is that now they're talking about coming up for writer coffee on Thursday mornings. So that would consolidate all of my writer peeps into one place. And that'd be really fun. So I'm going to go off and get another hour of writing in now that I have an hour reprieve for before this call. And yeah, I'm going to get that done. So reminding you all that first cup of coffee is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can listen to more outstanding podcasts, most of them far better produced than this one. <laughs> um, and you can look them up on frolic.media slash podcasts. I hope that you all have a wonderful Tuesday, a wonderful rest of the week, rest of the weekend, whenever you are listening to this. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>